Good morning and welcome. We're so glad you're with us this morning. I'm excited for another chance to worship together. Uh, this season, I've been trying to really work on not just thinking of it as a pandemic, a uh, worldwide pandemic, but really just growing season. And for the next couple of weeks, that's kind of where we're going to be taking it, uh, thinking specifically of Jesus and John's gospel, where he reminds us that he is the vine and his father is the gardener and we are the branches. And just like the branches rely on the vine and the vine relies on the gardener, we have that same interaction with Jesus and his father. And one way we can remain in Jesus is by obeying his commandments. And the commandment that he gives us in this passage in John 15 is to bear fruit. The idea is that when we remain in Jesus, when we obey his commandments, we bear fruit. And because we're living by the Spirit, living by the Spirit then is what produces fruit. And what is fruit? Fruit is living and loving like Christ. In Galatians 5, we read, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. When we think about this season, I hope that years from now, we remember it as a growing season. So if this is indeed our growing season together, the question remains, how are we growing in the spirit? How are you growing in the spirit? How are you growing in the fruit of the spirit? This morning, we're going to be talking about joy. And one of the best definitions I found of joy is simply celebrating God's blessings. There's a doctor out of Yale University by the name of Lori Santos. She's a psychologist, a scientist, and a professor. In fact, she teaches a class, I believe, that's called Psychology and the Good Life. And this class asks, you know, the, the big existential questions, right? Like, like, what makes us actually happy? What do we have to do to achieve a good life? And, and Yale University has been around a long time, since 1701. And this is actually the most popular class in Yale University history, which makes it one of the most popular classes in the world. In fact, a couple of years ago, they started offering it online. And since that point, um, it's been documented that 170,000 people in 170 different countries have taken this class of psychology and the good life. Dr. Santos is also a blogger, and she has a, 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 a podcast as well, and her podcast is actually called The Happiness Lab. And in this podcast, one of the first episodes, actually, I, I listened to a little while ago, and I was struck by something. She found and, and talks about, you know, the Olympics. And I know we were supposed to have Olympics this year, and I don't know if we're going to have it this year, but it was something very, very striking. And what she talked about was how... It's been documented that, that bronze medalists are actually almost always way more happier than silver medalists. In fact, there was one guy who did a, a, a very early study with his students. And, and what they did is, you know, they said, okay, we're going to look at the medal ceremony. And on a scale from 1 to 10, we're just going to look to see if this is really true. You know, so 1 would be agony and 10 would be ecstasy. And what they found was that the, the silver medalists would score out of 1 to 10, 4.8. And the bronze medalists will score 7.1. So they found over time that, yeah, it's true, that people who won bronze, which is third place, were actually way more happier than people who won second place. In fact, some of the silver medalists in the past years have called, you know, not getting the gold medal a bereavement. There's been some who refused to put on their medal. There's been some who are just so disgusted. And, and, and they end this segment saying something that I thought was very, very profound. And what they said is that, you know, we all have imagined realities. And what happens to silver medalists is that they imagine winning the gold, and for them, they forget 
that they are the second best person in the world, that they had just won a silver medal because all they could think about is that imagined life, that imagined reality, because we give meaning to things that we think matter. And what he said that was so profound is simply this. Instead of looking at what they don't have, the bronze medalists also give meaning to it, and they realize, oh my goodness, I was so close from not getting a medal at all. And he said, you know what it is? It's the psychology of counting our blessings. When we talk about joy, we talk about celebrating God's blessings, counting them, not just contentment, but giving praise for what God has given you is a good way to experience joy. We'll get into more of that. Let's pray real quick. Our Father, our God, we thank you so much for the joy that you give us. We thank you so much that Jesus Christ is the example of joy for us, that Jesus Christ, how he lived, how he loved, even how he died, is an example for us of how to live this life and how to live it with joy. God, help us to bring joy to our world in this, our growing season. In your holy and precious name, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews 12. I'll be reading verses 1 to 3. Hebrews 12, starting at verse 1, says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such great a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. What is joy? For many of us, we might answer it's a genuine smile or, or a delicious meal or, or the last time you really had a hearty belly laugh. For others of us, it'll be dancing or, or dancing like no one's watching or, or dancing like everyone's watching you just don't care. For some of us, it's happy tears or, or the satisfaction of knowing I did a good job. For some of us, it's holding a newborn, maybe our newborn baby for the first time. For others, it's sitting under the stars or, or hiking up a hill or mountain and, and getting the view of everything. For others of us, it's just quiet time with people we love and care about. Those quiet times where you just sit there and you don't even need words for conversation. Joy is blessings. Joy is all of these things. Joy is celebrating God's blessing. In Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, we actually have the climax of chapter 11. Chapter 11 is this famous chapter that a lot of people call it the, the, the faith hall of fame or the heroes of the faith. In Hebrews 11, we learn about Abel and Enoch and Noah, Abraham and Sarah, Rahab, Moses' parents. And what I loved about this passage is when I was first taught about it as a kid, everyone would tell me, you know, look how amazing these people are. And then there was this disconnect with me because I was just like, man, I want to be amazing too. But if you keep reading Hebrews 11, you get to the end. And the end was my favorite part. Not just how amazing these people are, but the writer of Hebrews says, you know, they were great, but they didn't get all that was promised. In fact, you who believe in Jesus now, you got what was promised, and it's something better. And as a kid, that made me feel good. You know, I may never be Abel or Enoch or Noah. I may never be Abraham or Sarah or Rahab. I may never be Moses' parents. But according to this scripture, I got something better. We got something better. What did we get? We who believe got what was promised. We didn't just have the promise of Jesus. 
We've received Jesus, the God of this universe who was promised has come and dealt with sin and death forever. We didn't just receive Jesus. We got all of the gospel, the full story that God entered into this time and place, that Jesus lived and loved to show us how to please God, that Jesus went to Calvary's tree, died on the cross for our sins, that Jesus was raised from the dead, and that Jesus is alive. But yet we have these heroes to learn from. So not just to separate us, because the whole point of Hebrews 11 going into 12 is that we're all in this together. We have heroes, though, cheering us on. And that's where Hebrews 12 begins. Look at these great heroes of faith. Remember, they're not separated from you because they were working for the promise or waiting for the promise. You've received the promise. You've received Jesus. But remember, you're all in this together. And what a message, not just in growing season or pandemic season, but what a message to all of us that we're always all in this together, not just as a church family here, not just as a church family across the globe, but every single Christian who's ever believed, we're all in this together. So when we get to Hebrews 12, the commandment here is let us not run. Let us walk and look to Jesus. Let us not run from what we face. Let us walk and look to Jesus. And we begin by saying, yes, you're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. These heroes of faith are cheering you on. This community that you're in at Harrisburg BIC is cheering you on. This community that you're in with the Worldwide Church is cheering you on. We're all in this together. Let's not run from what we face. Let's walk together and look to Jesus. And the first thing we're told here is to lay aside anything that hinders. And that's a hard command because we're told that there will be things that trip us up. There will be things that pull us away from Jesus, that take our eyes off of Jesus. There will be things that make us feel alone and sad and by ourselves. But if there's anything, whether it's a good thing or an atrocious thing, whether it's a healthy thing or an unhealthy thing, if there's anything that keeps you from walking with Jesus, you're asked to throw it aside. We're told here to flee the sin that so easily entangles us. So now it's done all the negative things that keep us from Jesus, the things that keep us from from just going through cycles and cycles and cycles of of, of running away from God or or not choosing to follow God or, or not doing the good we ought to be doing. Let us flee from sin that so easily entangles us. If we're going to walk with each other, if we're going to look to Jesus, if we're going to lay aside the things that hinders us, if we're going to flee from sin that so easily entangle us, we have to run this race with endurance. For so many of us, we hear the Christian life is a journey, but we want to live it like a sprint. We hear that this life is really a marathon, but we get bummed out because we ran a bad leg of the race. We're in a marathon. In the marathon, it's going to be your lifetime. And because you have your lifetime, give yourself grace. Yeah, you may be having a bad lap right now, but you still got 25 miles to go. You still have 25 more years or 50 more years maybe, or 10 more years or 5 more years. We're all running a marathon. So walk with each other. Walk with Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Lay aside the things that hinder you. Flee from sin that so easily entangle you. Give yourself grace to know that you're in a marathon and not a sprint. But in all things, fix your eyes on Jesus. 
My favorite story is my, my younger brother is when he was about three or four or maybe a little bit older, whatever age, you, you start showering by yourself and, and you're so proud of yourself and you want everyone to know. So maybe he was a little bit older. And I remember I was home from college and, and, and it was a college kid. It's just like, yeah, go shower. You know, you stink, you know. And I remember him saying, no, but you have to be in the bathroom. I was like, no, no, I really do not have to be in the bathroom. And he goes, no, no, you have to be in the bathroom. And I was just like, okay, I guess we'll do this, you know. I remember going into the bathroom. I was like, you good in there? He's like, yeah. And I started listening to him. And he does something that a lot of us do in the shower. At least he did back then. And he's singing in the shower. And I remember this because he's singing an actually um, an audio adrenaline song. And I remember thinking, like, how does he even know this song? But as the water is, is splashing on his floor, you know, he's stomping on the water. And he starts singing this song, Walk on Water, actually. And, you know, he says this line, you know, just like Peter, I want to go further. Walk on the seas and tread on the seas and walk on the water side by side and, and, and step by step. I'll go where he goes. I'll, I'll follow where the sea billows roll. And what I love about that line was it reminded me that my brother only learned that song because I sang it all the time. But what I also loved about that scene is it reminded me that we're all to be like Peter, that we're all to fix our eyes on Jesus, that life will give us storms, that the sea billows will roll. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can walk on water. And Jesus is not just the author of our faith. He's not just the pioneer of our faith. The Greek actually calls him the champion of our faith. And I like that so much better. He's the perfecter the initiator, the one who, who made it all possible. That's why we keep our eyes on Jesus, because he knows it all about our faith, because he initiated our faith. But most of all, he's the champion of our faith. There's nothing we go through that God himself didn't go through or hasn't helped someone else through. Jesus is our help in this and every situation. And how do we know? We know it for the joy that was set before him. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. A lot of times we think about our situations. A lot of times we focus on the storms and we forget the Jesus who's right in front of us. It's so much harder to walk if our head is always down. It's so much easier to walk when our eyes are trained and fixed on Jesus. Focus on Jesus is the command here because you have a cloud of witnesses in this body, in this world, in all of history. Focus on Jesus because you have a champion who's conquered and accomplished everything. You have Jesus who's on your side. Focus on Jesus even in this growing season don't grow weary. Don't lose heart. You know, we're talking about growing season. And we said last week, and we'll probably say this every week, you know, plants need water. They need nutrients. They need fresh air. They need healthy soil. They need light. They need the, the perfect temperature depending on the plant. They need space and they need time. All of that to grow. In the same way, we need to be fed by God. We need to be breathed on by the Holy Spirit. We need to be surrounded in a healthy community, a healthy Christ-like community. We need the Jesus to shine on us as he keeps his eyes on us. We need room and time to grow in love. Because all of us, not just this growing season, but in this life, will have storms come our way. 
Martin Luther King, when he was about 20 years old, we think, had a sermon that he called The Way Out. And that sermon is written, I think, in 1949. So he'd been 20 years old. And at 20 years old, he talks about how in this life, when crisis comes, we usually go two different ways. We usually look for, for an escape. And sometimes we do that in a healthy way. And sometimes we do that in a very unhealthy way. But the answer that he's found in every crisis is actually to just take time to be present with God. And he says, this is what you see all throughout scripture. And this is what you'll find in your life. That when you're going through crisis, be intentional about spending time with God. How do we have joy in the season? Carve out time every day. Make it intentional to be in God's presence. The second way we can have joy in this season is simply this. Be present where you are present. You know, I've been working on this. You know, my wife had to remind me recently that, you know, you might be here, but you're not present. We all need to be present where we're present. If you're with family, be fully in the room and in that conversation. And if you're playing with your kids, be fully present playing with your kids. If you're at a job, even in a Zoom meeting, which some of us are doing all the time now, be present in that situation. We all have to be present where we're present. Your mind can race. And your body can be there, but bring everything with you. Bring all of you into every single situation. Because if you're present when you're present, the people around you will not only feel valued, they'll know their value. The people around you will be able to not only invest in you, but will see you investing in them. So how do we have joy in this season? The first one is take time to be present with God. The second one is be present where you're present. And then we'll get back to that happiness lab, to our silver and our bronze medalists. But we all have to learn how to consistently count our blessings. I have a friend who, before they go to sleep every night, you know, they, they write down, you know, five or ten blessings just as a thanks to God. And I think that's a really, really good thing to do. In fact, I would say, you know what you should do? I would say every morning when you wake up, Write five blessings. Maybe that's my challenge I'll give you this week. Every morning when you wake up, write five blessings. Anything that you consider a blessing, just write five of them down. And then before you go to sleep that night, pull out those five things, whether you wrote it on a piece of paper or put it in your cell phone, and I want you to give thanks to God for those five things. Do that every day this week and see if that helps you have more joy. And then the last thing is, we have to actually learn to celebrate our blessings. If joy to you is a delicious meal or a hearty belly laugh, thank God for it and celebrate it. If joy to you is dancing like no one's watching or just getting a project done, celebrate it. If joy to you is holding born, a newborn baby or playing with your kids, celebrate it. If joy is just quiet time or, or, or time with people you love, celebrate it. Learn to always celebrate your blessings. How do we have joy? We spend time with God. We be present where we're always present. We learn to count our blessings and we celebrate our blessings. How can you have joy this week? How can you have joy this growing season? How can you have joy this life? Four questions I'll leave you with. The first one is this. What are ways you will be present with God this week. Not six months from now. Not when you're not as busy. Not when, when the, 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 the pandemic is not upon you. This week, today, what are ways you're going to start mapping out that you will be present with God? 
Second one is, how can you be more present where you're present? And for some of us, this is hard. It might mean turning the TV off. It might mean putting the laptop down. It might actually mean keeping the cell phone in the other room. I know, I gasped too just saying it, right? But it might mean that you have to take time to be present with those in your presence. And then here's another one. It's not just about celebrating our blessings and counting our blessings. What is one way you can share a blessing with others? What is one thing that God has blessed you with that you can share with others? Because what I love about the Christian faith is that it's never just for me. It's always for we. It's never for me and mine. It's always for all of us. Every blessing you've been given by God is not for you. It's not even for just your family. It's for your world. So what blessings do you have? And maybe it's going to be one of the five ones you write down and, and pray and give thanks to God at night. But what blessing do you have this week that you can pass on and share with someone else? Let's learn to have joy today. The joy that keeps us reminded that we're all in this together. As HBIC, as a worldwide faith, as a historic faith. The joy that helps us remember that Jesus is our champion. That Jesus not only understands what we've been through, but he's been through it or help other people overcome it. And the joy that helps us spend time with God, be present with each other, and share the blessings that we've counted. God bless. There's beauty in my brokenness well, I've got true love instead of pain There's freedom though you've captured me And I've got joy instead of mourning There's beauty, there's beauty in my brokenness And I've got true love Instead of pain, this freedom though you've captured me, and I've got joy instead of mourning, cause you give me joy down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You give me joy down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, there's beauty, there's beauty in my brokenness. Oh, I've got true love instead of pain. There's freedom though you've captured me. Now I've got joy instead of mourning, cause you give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, you give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in, you give me joy, you give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul, you give me joy. Down deep in my soul, 
down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Never been, I've never been so free, caught in your love for me. Never been more secure, knowing your heart, Lord. Never been so free, caught in your love for me. Never been more secure, knowing your heart, Lord. I've never been so free, caught in your love for me. Never been more secure, knowing your heart, Lord. I've never been so free, caught in your love for me. Never been more secure, knowing your you give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, you give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, you give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You give me joy down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul.